Welcome, bienvenidos and bienvenuti. I'm Nick Finnell, your host of the Charlotte FC podcast, and we have another podcaster on the show today. It's the founder and host of the Crowncast, Logan Meyer. Let's learn more about Logan and the Crowncast. All right, welcome to the podcast, Logan. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, hello, hello. Yeah, my name is Logan Meyer. I am the founder of the Crowncast, and I guess you know, for me, I'm excited to be here talking to you on the Charlotte FC podcast about the Charlotte FC community and and what we do. All right, so let's start off. So you had this idea somewhere, somewhere along the lines. When did you start the Crowncast, and do you have a story of how it kind of came to your head? Uh, yeah, so I have a, a bit of a, a weird history in sports. Um, a lot of people would assume that I have some form of uh, coaching perspective of football uh, or soccer. We call it football on the crown cast. Do you have a preferred? Whatever here? people want to yeah. say. Um, so I, I know people get up in arms about that. So it doesn't really matter to me. But uh, yeah, I have a bit of an, an interesting history in sports in that I actually grew up playing soccer and realized at some point in time that I was not good. Uh, not that I was terrible. You know, I was good on my high school team, like so many others. But mm-hmm. when you get into the higher levels, you can really see where that that shift in ability lies, right? And so I tried to make up for it in learning the game really, really well. I tried to make up for my lack of like physical ability by being the tactician on the field by being the smart guy on the field. And as a high schooler, you don't do that very well, right? You're not very smart in high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went on and I actually became a tennis player. Uh, I really enjoyed tennis. Tennis is very much a mental game. It's uh, often one-on-one and there's a lot of tactics and how do I make this work and how does this achieve what I want and how do I push my opponent back? Uh, and I went on, and I enjoyed that so much. I became a tennis coach. Hmm. So I have history in coaching, uh, just oddly not in football, right? Uh, I When I went overseas to university in Japan, part of the way that I made my living over there, that I, I made my, my time pass, was I coached tennis. And I learned a lot of things that I think are fairly unique perspectives to the game of football from tennis. Uh, I think that there are a lot of different ways that you approach how a player performs, what you would expect out of a player on a, on a game to game basis and what your overall tactics and, and goal is that I felt like I was able to bring over to the sport of football, specifically with Charlotte FC. And really it all started because one day I said, I have ideas, I have thoughts, I have stuff that I want to get out there. And I knew some people around me that were very similar, were good storytellers. I think that's a a big part of being a podcaster. Mm -hmm. And uh, we said, hey, why don't we just try this? Like, why don't we just do the talking that we would do, but we we give it a point, we give it structure and we we go and we really take a look at a team that uh, we wanted to follow and we wanted to support. And that's that's how it got started. That's pretty cool. So. We'll get, maybe I should just ask you now. So you talk about being a tennis coach and kind of those tactics. There's always a debate and it's, it's always going to be for anybody who's a coach. Do you play just your style knowing that I'm just going to play how I play best and not worry about the other opponent? Or do you get ready for that other opponent and look for the things that you're already strong at 
but kind of ex- try to exploit them. Like, what what did you, what did you do as a coach for tennis and just kind of thinking in soccer? How do you approach that? So, it, that's a really good question, and it's a good question because it's the age old question, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you play your beliefs uh, until they fail, or do you play what you see can be set up in front of you? And I think, like a lot of unfortunate cop out answers, it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a combination. I think that for me personally, there are a few core values in in coaching and in tactics and in believing that something can succeed that you have to be able to stick to. And after that, how you achieve those core values for me is down to the individuals who are going out to achieve them, right? For example, Nick, you and I achieve the core values of, of putting out a good podcast the same way. Um, but we do things differently mm-hmm. and that, that individual structure for each person can, in my opinion, be tweaked and still achieve what you as a coach believe is, is a core fundamental that will lead players to success. But that also means you have to know your players very well and know where you can stretch them and where you can't. It absolutely does. And this is one place I think I have a bit of a weakness from tennis And that's as a tennis coach, you get a lot of one-on-one with players, right? You get a lot of ability to see where are their breaking points? What can they reach? What can't they reach? And as a soccer coach, now admittedly, you know, I'm not with Charlotte FC. They do a lot of practicing. So these coaches might might actually get to really do a lot of one-on-one work with them. But I do believe there's a, a, a little bit less knowledge inherently in the hands of the coaches. Uh, I still personally believe that there's a, a coach should come in with core values that say, here's how we succeed. And then he should look at his team and say, how do you best meet these core values? Makes sense. All right. So going back to your podcast, so it's not just a podcast. So you're, you're on groundcast.net and there's articles on there and you have the podcast itself that comes out twice a week, you do recap, or excuse me, um, basically like a recap, but it's more of like a react um, of of the game. And then you do something later in the week uh, to kind of look forward to the next part. So when you were talking about and getting your people involved, how did how did that come about? How did you decide your structure? You even have other things in there and you can you can point them out such as your, uh, your crowns and cards and, you know, and please talk about your articles with with their super in-depthness as far as statistics, everything you'd want to know about the club and even other teams' players. Like you go in full depth that I don't think is always comes out in the podcast necessarily because you can't, you can't say everything or show everything. You can't show a heat map on a podcast. So you can talk a little bit about it, but you can't really look at those graphics. So I think the article really complements it um, each week. So tell me about how all that is put together. So first I want to shout out a man named Josh Naslin who is essentially the one who runs the website and the, uh, the blog, um, who, who does those really in-depth articles. I have learned so much from him. And, you know, you're right, as what we wanted to do kind of started for us, right? We're all fans. So we, we wanted to get into the nitty-gritty. Like, we wanted to be in the weeds, looking at statistics, uh, sort of, sort of going. Why is this happening? Why isn't that happening? Right. And that's not everybody's jam, right? That's 
not everybody wants to go through 47 data points on one player, uh, especially after a bad game. So we kind of ended up with this, this series of events that I'll be honest, part of which is luck. Um, some of it is just things fell correctly. Uh, the post reacts, which we do immediately after games, happened because uh, by luck, I happen to live right next to the stadium. And because of the way we do our stuff, I can immediately leave the stadium, walk right back to my home studio, and hop on a mic with all of the emotions still intact. Right? This is a, a, a live, we're hot, we're cold, we're excited about the team, we're very not excited about the mm -hmm. team. And emotionally, I think that is something that is really good to put out there because... I actually think it makes what comes next easier, but we'll talk about that in a second. The post reacts, we give out crowns and cards, and this is something that I came up with, uh, although it was an associate of mine who actually named them crowns and cards. Basically, we didn't want to just get on the microphones and ramble, right? We didn't want to be angry and just start being angry all over the place. Mm -hmm. So we said, we're going to focus our thoughts and we're going to give out crowns to players we felt like did well, and we're going to give out cards to players we felt like underperformed. And then we were going to leave it at that, right? No more, no getting in the weeds, the emotions of the moment that people can go and listen to and digest. And that lets us get that out so that on Wednesdays, we can go in and we can analyze. We Got can it. ask ourselves, did this work? Is this what we want to see again? Were these substitutions what we wanted to see? And then we can take the Wednesday podcast and go in a little bit more depth and also look ahead to uh, the next game. And have a little more time for reflection because your reacts might not be not necessarily justified, but you might look back and be like, well, wait, I'm going to take back what I said in the react because I looked at the data and this is what it showed. Uh, that has happened many times. Mm -hmm. uh, the eating of humble pie or the mea culpa is something that I have had to raise my hand on once or twice in Wednesdays uh, because we saw something on the field. And when we went back and looked at it from a, a more cold light of day perspective, it wasn't true. Uh, so we have rescinded cards. <laughs> I don't think we've rescinded a crown yet, uh, but we have rescinded cards because uh, it's it's the truth. You have to look at it after the, after the fact to really see it all. The uh, blog and the website... Uh, once again, shout out to Josh, who does a lot of work over there, was the combination of us partnering with a blog called Banks, Beers, and Soccer. Mm. And he, Josh, is super analytical, loves to really get the data. And that's why I say he's taught me so much, because he's provided this, this huge depth of information that I can go to. And I can say, hey, here's what I see. Does the data help back this up? Right. That's pretty cool. So before you kick off any of these things, what what kind of planning is done prior to the podcast, prior to even getting started in the, the whole thing? Because, you know, as we know, I have a podcast, you have one. We have different ways of how we went about, like, how do you even start this? Did you have some sort of background in this or research? Like, what did you do? I uh, tried it and found out what worked. <laughs> 
uh, like so many things out there, sometimes it is a matter of uh, being a bit of a geek, mm -hmm. which I absolutely am, and uh, being willing to do it wrong a couple times, mm -hmm. and being willing to Wednesday cast yourself and analyze what went well and what didn't go well. Um, I went into this with a love of the game and what I thought was some very good technical knowledge that people might enjoy. I knew nothing about microphones. I knew nothing about sound quality. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about recording podcasts. And uh, thankfully, uh, other people have helped me along the way to help sort of, uh, I'm not going to use the term master, but certainly to help improve my ability in, in that area. So you all use, you use Discord to record your podcast pretty much? Or yes. if you're not, because you also have a studio. So can you talk about, because you have a home studio, but you also have a studio with the Queen City Podcast Network. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, so we, uh, so there's a, a saying caught lightning in a bottle. And I don't, I don't think we caught lightning in a bottle, but maybe we got lucky and we caught a spark in a bottle when we started. Uh, we got connected with Queen City Podcast Network and Queen City Podcast Network took a couple listens to our stuff. And they said, we like you guys. We want you. We want you to be our coverage of the Charlotte FC. We want you on our network. We want to promote you. And we want you to help promote us. And we went, well, yes, because at the time <laughs> we were very, very small. Mm -hmm. And so to be recognized like that felt great. But what that means is that when we have um, interviews, when we interview players, when we uh, bring in special guests, we have a really, really high-end professional podcast studio to go into where we have a professional audio engineer managing the, the, the podcast right there. Uh, if you go back and listen to like the Brant Bronico episodes, mm -hmm. um, any of the player episodes that are out there, those are all live and in studio. Nice. The, ho the home studio, we do actually use Discord for those of you familiar with the popular, you know, talking platform over the right. internet. Uh, we found a, a bot on Discord. The, the internet is amazing now. I Please, the cool stuff that is out there is endless. Mm -hmm. uh, we found a bot that allows us to just chat in Discord, and then it outputs the files that we need. And that has been a really easy way to bring people in where they can hop in and out and just, just a, a really nice system that we kind of stumbled onto. And then as far as where is your podcast hosted, of course, it's on all the platforms, but it's got to be hosted somewhere. So what do you all use for that? Um, so we are hosted through the Queen City Podcast Network, which uh, as of right now is hosted through Libsyn. It is a, I actually had some frustration with Libsyn when we first moved to it, mm -hmm. uh, is a very good program, is not a, a user-friendly program. It's right. one of those that says, hey, <clears throat> excuse me hey, we're going to give you professional quality, but you're going to have to get the right settings to get the professional quality. And uh, now that I'm used to it, big fan. Cool. And then so the name, the Crowncast, so you were starting it, but you got other people like Josh involved. And and like, did you just say, hey, I'm, you guys want to do this with me? And let's think of a name. Let's think of how we want to do this. What What kind of happened there? So the name was of my design. And in the early days, I wanted a project that I could go and I could push and I could build and I could create something. Um, 
So a lot of the early days was my pushing. And the crown cast was something that I came up with. I thought it, I thought it sounded good. And uh, I went out there and nobody had it yet. So we, mm-hmm. we stuck our name on it and away we went. Pretty cool. And the design, who, who's the graphics person? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to have to do some research on who the graphics person was. It was a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Okay. It was one of those things where I was like, I need this. And I decided early on that I was going to put a little bit of money into the podcast. So I went to a pro. Um, I didn't do these graphic designs myself. If I did, Mm -hmm. it would look like a nine-year-old scribbled blue color on the screen. Um, (laughs) Not my forte. Uh, but a friend of a friend of a friend was somebody who was uh, just out of art school and uh, was looking for little upstart jobs like this. And I said, hey, you know, I, I, I'll pay you. Can you give me something really cool that we can use? And they said, you're darn right, I can. And they gave us like eight different designs in, in I want to say it was like a week turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um. And the one that we obviously went with had a little bit of tweaking before we got to it. But this is one of those times where I say, find the people who are good at stuff and let them work because there's no way we could have come up with something so cool. Just us. That that was a pro. Wow. So going back to all the things that you do. So you have the podcast, you have the the reacts and then the, the other show you interview players. Um, You've also had the opportunity to work with Spot the Bot. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I know you just announced that a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. Yeah. So Spot the Bot is a little thing that I say, a little thing that we put together. We had the opportunity to partner alongside of Tiny Mile, um, tinymile.ai. You can find them out there on the on the internet. Uh, they have the coolest little robots that they run up and down the streets of Charlotte. And they deliver stuff. And right now it's totally free. You know, I'm not going to make this a huge like, hey, go go support Tiny Mile, but go support Tiny Mile. Uh, if you want to deliver something, if you want to order yourself a coffee in Uptown, you can download the Tiny Mile app and a little adorable robot will just deliver it to you. Um, I was walking by and I said, that's cool. Again, I'm a geek, right? Uh, right. I, I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's the sort of stuff that makes people stop and look. Right. Even if even if they go, oh, well, I'll never use that. You right. can't you can't miss the robot with the little heart eyes mm-hmm. uh, rolling down the street. So I said this might be a good opportunity to to do a little bit of a partnership. And we got together and worked together. And we now have a crown cast robot out there that That's you can awesome. find. And if you find it and add the hashtag spot the bot to a social media post, we have some cool tickets and stuff that we're giving away. That's awesome. And now. Tell me about the, we talked a little bit about Josh's articles and things like that, but is there, was that always part of the case is that you wanted to do the podcast and the articles, or was it kind of just, like you said, supporting what you all were talking and you're like, well, we might as well post it since we're using this anyway. It was not a part of the original design. No, that was something that, um, like I said, I want to give a lot of credit to Josh. He really took on himself and really went out and, and made amazing pieces of work that that you can go and learn a lot about the team. And it just so happened to, I think, complement quite well. Yeah. So 
for those people who haven't, they've only maybe listened to what you have and haven't haven't read everything that, that Josh has written, kind of tell us what is in there and what we should look for. So if you are a data or an analytics-minded person, you are going to find a lot of fun at crowncast.net uh, because Josh goes in-depth into our players, into where he sees strengths, into where he sees weaknesses, and he really breaks down you know, tactically what he feels is succeeding or not succeeding, as well as what we should be looking at for what is coming up. So he doesn't always just break down us. He also goes and breaks down our opponents. And it's one of those places where if you like a lot of information that you can go and learn from, I cannot recommend it more highly. And I wonder, do you know how many hours he works on this? Or is this just something he would do anyway? Oh, gosh. How many hours does Josh work on this? Yeah, uh, for that, just a week. <laughs> that is a good question for Josh. Um, Josh is a teacher. Um, okay. So uh, a more credit to him. I can't praise him highly enough. Uh, so, you know, I think mentally this is how he thinks anyway. He wants to educate people. He wants mm-hmm. to look at how things work. Uh, the exact time he spends on it a week, I, I dare not fathom. Uh, okay. You know, maybe maybe we make a social media post about Josh's exploits into into the tactics a little little documentary on josh's uh start and finish to to creating the articles all right well then let's talk about you then how much time do you use to create and do crowncast each week so my position is not just in the crowncast it's also been trying to further the crowncast and and create opportunities like spot the bot and and some other things Uh, I'm very fortunate in my life at the moment that I have been able to do this almost full time. Um, I probably put anywhere from 25 to 30 hours a week into the crown cast. And uh, some of it shows in in places that I have been fortunate and successful. And some of it, I I still have a lot to learn. Uh, But like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky that at this point in time in my life, I can commit such a chunk of time to, to trying to put something good out there. Nice. So what's the hardest part about doing this Crowncast and podcasting and this whole kind of what you're trying to make? Oh, wow. Um, What a question. The hardest part about this is reminding yourself that you are being heard by many and that you can't you can't go off the handle, even mm-hmm. in the emotional ones. Um, you have to be, you have to be fair, and that's really hard to do. Um, uh, I, I won't lie to you. There are times that I look back and say I wasn't fair there. Uh, a, a good example of this is, as a as a coach, I get really drawn to players like Ben Bender. Right? It's no secret to anyone who listens to the podcast. I have a Ben Bender jersey. Ben Bender has a superpower in his ability to read the field and make really, really good key passes that you, in my opinion, you can't teach. You just mm-hmm. have to, you just have to be able to see that stuff. And it's easy for me to be both too gracious to Ben Bender because he has flaws in his game. Right. It's easy for me to be too gracious and also too tough on Ben Bender. Right. Right. Because I 
I like him so much as a player because I'm invested in, in him being successful. It's easy for me to both be like, oh, well, but look at all the good he does. And also, no, he has to be so much better because I know he can be better. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So the hardest thing is probably trying to, to be objective, as objective as possible, and remind yourself that, you know, that thankfully, a, a, a large number of people listen to your voice. And if you're going to say something negative about a player, it, it needs to be because it has something to back it up. Yeah. So, so what do you enjoy most about this? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think the thing I enjoy most is hearing theories. Hmm. Uh, that might sound crazy because nobody, nobody knows everything, right? Nobody in the world has every answer. And I, I'm no different in this. I have learned so much from other people in the media booth, from friends, from people I didn't even know liked football. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, I just have people approach me and be like, so what do you think about this? And then they'll rattle something off that I have never even considered. Mm -hmm. No, I never thought about it. And I'll stop and I'll think a minute and I'll be like, you know what? You're right. Right. And, and that, it, this sort of constant evolution of discovery around the game, I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. And, and all of that in also being a journalist, because as you're producing and putting out stuff, like you said earlier, you kind of have to be more objective to things and not go off on one side or the other. I mean, as a journalist, do you feel like you, you've, have you, have you learned how to be a journalism journalist in this uh, kind of doing this on the fly? Have I learned how to be a journalist? Yeah. I would say yes, but kind of via the like crashing your head through a dozen walls method. Mm -hmm. Not so much the like established journalist. I was not a journalist before this. Um, funny story. I actually thought I was going to go to university for journalism and then became a business major instead. So we can see where that all uh, ended up. But uh, I feel like what I have learned about journalism, I have learned sort of through the people that we do this with. Right. And uh, there have been a lot of really good lessons in there. So Awesome. Well, where did you grow up? Because you talked about some of your kind of older history, but where did you grow up and how did you come to love soccer or football? Ooh, uh, so grew up is an interesting question by which you can throw a dart at the East Coast. Yeah, took me a second there. At the East Coast of the United States and sort of just pick that place. Uh, most people, you know, hear that and immediately think military. Uh, my father went to uh, university late and I'm mm -hmm. very proud of him. He managed to get into Vanderbilt University and become an engineer. But what that meant is, you know, my uh, sister and I were already young children. And my father had a lot of debt and he had collected a lot of uh, time that he needed to catch up on in the workforce. It's also very fortunate that he was a very good engineer. So he got a lot of offers sort of back to back to back to back uh, as he was developing his, his career. So we moved all up and down the East Coast. Uh, I have lived in New York, Michigan, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina. I, I think I was in Rhode Island for a little bit there. Wow. Um, but we did eventually settle in North Carolina, which is where I spent my high school years. 
as far as how I came to love soccer, um, I had a best friend in late elementary school, uh, middle school, who we would go out and play in his backyard and he had a little goal there. And, you know, as parents do for their kids, there were all sorts of stuff out there, bats and balls, and there was Mm -hmm. a basketball hoop and, but we always ended up playing soccer. And so we started watching the game and we both fell in love with Arsenal. Essentially, we both at that point in time saw the magic of Thierry Henry. And if you, if you do not know who Thierry Henry is, I encourage you to go look up some of his stuff because Mm -hmm. there are a few players in the world that, that genuinely possessed magic. And I, I think he's one of them, but we used to pretend we were, you know, Arsenal players bombing up the field as kids. And that just led on to us both going on to play in school. Um, He was significantly more talented than I was. He went on to play in university. Uh, I did not, but you know, it, it started a love that continues to this day. And for those people that know Arsenal is currently in a title challenge and I am always on the edge of my seat. So (laughs) awesome. So what is your, your goal or vision for the crown cast now that you're two years in and you're actually, congratulations, your last episode was 101. So you're on the second, second tier now. Yes, we are on the second tier. Although I will say our next episode will sort of for our purposes be the 100th episode. Okay. Um, we had a couple of host introduction episodes at the very beginning that were very short. So the, the next one will be the 100th full episode but it will be the 102nd episode technically. Nice. And uh, forgive me, the uh, I, I got backed up in my own thoughts there. The question again? Yeah. So what is your kind of goal or vision for the crown cast looking forward? So the goal was, the goal is ever shifting. I'll be honest with you. Uh, this year, I made a decision that I was going to really sort of tackle this and see if we could make it grow. Um, I think one of the biggest shocks that I've gotten was that people want to know the tactics. People want to know the, the insides of the game and why something is working. And I didn't necessarily expect there to be that much hunger for that content. I thought mm-hmm. it would be a couple, a couple geeks like me. Right. And, and it turns out people really, they, they want to know and the regular media out there doesn't get it done right a lot of the regular media out there is covering 30 teams at once they don't have time to get into the Mm nitty-gritty and as a result people go looking for more and i've discovered that you know our listeners are smart they know they watch they eat sleep and breathe this and uh, as a result we have a place that that they can come to and and we can all share together so what would you like to do that you haven't done yet um, I think take over the media world would be great. You know, I think <laughs> if we just become the next Apple, uh, no, uh, realistically, we love what we do, but I think that there is a place out there that if we are, you know, successful enough, we can start to, you know, create a little bit of support for ourselves with this. And it's hard to say whether or not that's the end goal or whether or not that's the mid goal. Uh, but right now, that ability to create support for ourselves doing what we love is ultimately the goal. 
yeah, I mean, goals always change and shift because if you if you reach your goal, then what are you just sitting there? You you got to have another goal. So you're always pushing the bar. So you know it's good not to be too far away because then you'll never reach it. Yeah, we talk about those like mini credentials. That's kind of what it is. Is you're reaching that next part. Yep. All right, we got a couple minutes left in the episode, so this is time we call stoppage time. So some personal quick questions. It's stoppage time. First one is, do you have a must-do personal ritual? Oh, a must-do personal ritual. Is this purely re- related to the crown cast or is this a... Anything. Anything that you're like, man, I do this all the time. I'm, I got to do this. I have to do this. Uh, so this one I am actually going to talk about related to the... No, you know what? I'm going to do this one. My must-do ritual is my brain. Um, mm-hmm. I call it my brain. I have a planner. It is a written planner like we used to get in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And I get up and I do my brain. And that is my brain time. I get to sit down. I tune out everything else. I turn my phone off and I think about what needs to get done. And I put everything in my brain. Nice. And when I need something, I reference my brain. Nice. Uh, and that's a really good piece of... Um, knowledge given down to me by my father. So I would say for this, it's, it's my brain time. Nice. Okay. So maybe this is also your favorite unplugged activity is that brain time. Yes. No, actually my favorite unplugged activity, I assume just away from technology. Yeah. Um, because I have been in sports my whole life, I, I'm no longer capable of playing football. Um, and unfortunately due to injury, I am not supposed to be playing tennis (laughs) Uh, my doctor was very clear that I should not be playing tennis. Uh, I discovered a sport called disc golf, which is very popular here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it has been a remarkable way to get away from the the stress, get away from the busyness, go into the woods, have some fun, spend some time with friends in a quasi athletic activity Yeah, where there's no real stakes, right? It's just to unwind and it's just to to enjoy yourself and challenge yourself. All right. Do you have a go-to snack while you're watching a match? Oh, popcorn. I have a popcorn problem. I love popcorn. Any kind or is it certain kinds? Like Just traditional buttered salted popcorn uh, makes me a very, very happy man. That's funny. Okay. Uh, What component of design impresses you more, interior or exterior? Engineer's kid. You got to answer this correctly. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yes. Um, um, probably I would say interior. And the reason I say that is I understand one of them and it is not interior, right? Uh, one of them, I understand what they're doing. The other one is just very creative people doing something that I just hope, uh, one day I get decent at. All right. Do you find starting a project or finishing one more gratifying? That's terrible on me, but I'm going to out myself here and I love starting projects. Okay. It's, it's very easy for me to do. I have a lot of dumb projects ideas. Yeah. And so You're I visionary. Just, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's what we're going to go with. No, I have a lot of dumb ideas that are very easy to start and I'll get like halfway into a project and be like, this is dumb. And <laughs> then I'll move on to the one that's actually good. All right. What recharges you? Uh, what recharges me is. Do people get recharged nowadays? Apparently they do. Uh, Yeah, I'd say what recharges me is 
games, not just like video games, but especially board games. Yeah. Something that you can sit down with people you love and have that quality time where it's not necessarily about the drama that's gone on the last weekend. It's just doing an activity together. Do you like luck or strategy games? Mm, both, but I lean more towards strategy. Okay. And last one, we might run out of time here, so I might have to get you back on. Uh, if you were a current player on Charlotte FC, what player would you most be like? So uh, not surprising to people who listen to earlier parts of this podcast. I assume if you're here, you listen to the earlier parts. Um, I think it'd probably be Ben Bender. And the reasons are from a very tactical perspective, from a coach's perspective, Ben Bender and I mentally have some of the same challenges. So uh, Ben doesn't particularly like the physical aspect of the game. And that's, that's pretty clear. He can get muscled off the ball uh, a, a little bit easily. And I was very much like that. I did not like being the guy who mm -hmm. was, who was going hard into tackles or having tackles hard into me. And I really tried to finesse my way through the game to be the, the creative guy who danced around players. And right. you can only do that for so long. Sooner or later, you have to be willing to stand into a, a challenge. But I think that he sees space in the game very similar to the way I see space in the game. And so, you know, uh, do I wish I had his passing ability and his technique? Absolutely. But uh, I think from a, a perspective of both what it seems like we both enjoy seeing mm -hmm. and also where our challenges would be, I feel like I'm most in that Ben Bender, you know, maybe the Nuno Santos range. Got it. So before I believe that, because, you know, you talking about Bender kind of let me think about, do you think, because you knew, I remember talking to you earlier this, this season and you said it's going to be tough to get Ben on the, on the pitch, but also Ben's the kind of player that would adjust and somehow find a way. Do you think he's creeping more in there or do you feel like it's just kind of back and forth right now? Uh, I think there are some stats about Ben that are undeniable. When you look at his ability to create offensive pressure and offensive threat, it's there. Like you can't, you can't say anything, but it's there. There are, there are, like I said, some real challenges to his game that I see improving. And the, the reason I'm going to say this is, I used to comment on the fact that he always looked like he was two steps behind the play that he was always mm -hmm. running full out to get to wherever the play needed him to be until it was offensive. And then he was ahead of everybody. Mm -hmm. Now he looks like he's a half step behind the play right now. He doesn't look like he's at full blast with no control going into challenges with way too much momentum. Now he's just a little bit behind. And right. I think if he can continue to, to grow, which is something I will give Christian Latanzio a lot of credit for. He seems to, to be able to identify how players can grow really, really well. I think he's going to become hard to ignore. The question is whether or not Charlotte FC can survive really having a player who still needs growth right. in the absolute heart of their attack and the first line of their defensive press. Yeah, I do notice that this season he's doing a lot less grabbing on defense 
Mm-hmm. And so that that goes to what you were saying about not being two steps behind, but being right in there. So he's not totally grabbing somebody's arm. He's more of trying to shoulder and do stuff to try to get it. And physicality, I think, will get there for him. Um, yeah, I think everybody also got a good reminder this past weekend, um, Real Salt Lake, that, that we are a developing team. We're not Did we're we, not a team that is is getting there. Did we play um, play Real Salt Lake? It's weird. I just have this blank memory <laughs> of us theoretically playing a football match. Yeah. It's 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 a marvel. Well, that's why you have another week to, yep. to show everybody that you can you can put something together and be different and be better. And you know, that's what what all of them live for. They know. They know that on the pitch. The fans know it, even though they're going to be screaming and yelling and wanting people fired and all this kind of stuff. But the bottom line is they're all out there to, to work their their tails off and get better and improve, you know? Yep. One of the best things I have ever heard from a coach's perspective uh, was one of the, the coaches who was overseeing me and teaching me how to be a tennis coach. And he had just had a a player who had failed in a regional event had had fallen to a player that he probably should have beaten. And he was really, really down. And he looked at him and he said, we go again. And that was it. There's no like inspiring right. speech, right. no nothing. It was welcome to welcome to sports. We go again and you right. go again, do it better next time. And uh, I, I am long holding to that Charlotte FC. We go again. Awesome. So before we leave, Logan, can you kind of give your own little shout out to where people can find the Crowncast, listen, follow on their your social, go to your websites, everything? Yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore crown underscore cast. Um, that is where you will find sort of the primary way to follow us. Uh, but if you're interested in finding us on Twitter, you can find us at the underscore crowncast, And you can also find us on Facebook. You can uh, go to the website to do all of the cool stuff we have talked about so far. Send a message to Josh. Tell him that you think what he does is cool because it is. And uh, you can find the website at crowncast.net. All right. Thanks. Well, we appreciate you being on and uh, good luck the rest of the season. And we'll be chatting in the press room. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Go check out the Crowncast podcast for reacts and analysis, as well as reading the crowncast.net for those in-depth articles using data to make sense of what is going on with Charlotte FC on the pitch. It's always a good time talking with Logan about football, his Bender fandom, match data, and shooting theories back and forth. I wish him much success as he builds the Crowncast. Thanks again for listening to the Charlotte FC podcast. We'll be back this Wednesday, of course, with crowning moments in both Spanish and English, and also next weekend with another interview with a fascinating person that works for around Charlotte FC. We would appreciate if you did us a favor and followed us on both Instagram and Twitter at CLTFC Podcast. We also would love if you would five-star our podcast on whether you're on Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts, anywhere where you get them. That helps others find the show. So thank you so much. We appreciate it and have a great match.